Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio for this winter's day. What is the best news you could possibly hear? Well, for me, it would be that God himself was coming here to live. I wanted to show you the many prophecies there are in the Bible about that exact same thing happening. The gospel is much more than just forgiveness of our sins. It involves the kingdom of God coming to this earth with him living here to dwell with us. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 16, for example. In verse 16, here's what it's uh, what the Apostle Paul is teaching the Corinthian church. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, quote, I will live in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my my people. I will live in them, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Wow. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty, Unquote. Did you know there were prophecies in Second Corinthians or in any of the works of Paul? Well, there are. But now let's go to Revelation 21 and verse 3. Just a few pages over, Revelation 21. And Revelation is just that. It's a revealing, not a hiding, as so many assume. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. That's the good news right there. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. Unquote. Now let's go to the opposite end of the Bible, Exodus chapter 29. Genesis, Exodus chapter 29, and starting in verse 45. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God. 
I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them. I am the Lord their God. Here's another one, Zechariah chapter 2 and verse 10. One of the so-called minor prophets, it's just to the right of the center of your Bible, chapter three, or, um, chapter 2 and verse 10. Here's what it says. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will become my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Wow. Okay, so the next one is Zephaniah. Where is that? Well, in the Minor Prophets, you start with Hosea, then Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, and then Zephaniah. So let's see, here's Habakkuk. There's only three chapters in Habakkuk, I think. Yeah, then Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3 and verse 15 through 17. Here's what he says. This is one of the most beautiful of all scriptures. Well, in verse um, 14, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem, for the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. The Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. Cool. At last your troubles will be over, and you will never again fear disaster. Wow. There won't be a need to, because he'll be here to protect and guide us. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior, and he will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. God sings? Are you kidding me? Wow! And why? Because he loves us, and he's coming here to live with us. He says, I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. The feasts are joyful, by the way. You will be disgraced no more, and I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak 
and the helpless ones. That means restore them, in my view. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I will give you a good name and a name of a distinction among all the nations of the earth as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. Wow. Here's a, uh, a website you might want to check out. I actually like it. This is um, an article in beyondtoday.com. Is Heaven Coming to Earth? It's written by Gary Petty. He says, It may come as a shock, but people don't go to heaven as disembodied souls when they die. In fact, the Bible shows us, or what the Bible shows is about our future, our ultimate future, is so much more amazing than most of us have ever dreamed. The first and second heaven, heavens are places we can see and explore. The third heaven is the realm where God exists in all his majesty and great power. And he says, have you ever wondered what it's like in heaven? People ask this question a lot. Will I know my loved ones when I get there? Will my dog go to heaven? Why can't my relatives who are in heaven communicate with me? If you ask a child where heaven is, he will probably say, that's where God lives. And most people assume that the Bible itself says, when you die, your immortal soul goes to heaven. Well, compare that belief with this truth of the Bible. No one has ascended to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. That's John 3:13, by the way. This is referring to Jesus Christ alone. Shocking? Surprising? Well, it probably is for some, but it gets even more surprising. Did you know that the book of Revelation says that heaven is coming to earth? This is exactly what we're talking about today. What exactly does that mean? Well, let's keep going here. The promise of resurrection. Most likely, you've been taught all your life that when you die, you, as a conscious soul, go, will go directly to heaven. So, what's it like to go to heaven? Well, I suppose one of the first things you would expect to find in heaven are all the great men and women of the Bible, like Abraham, the father of the faithful, or Moses, or John the Baptist, or Mary, the mother of Jesus. He continues, But remember what the Bible says, other than Jesus, no one has ascended to heaven. 
Even after Jesus' resurrection, we are told that Israel's King David has not ascended to heaven. You know, one, and this is me, not him, one uh, comment about that is you would think that since David, King David, was a man after God's own heart, that surely he'd make it to heaven. Well, the Bible says just the opposite. You want proof? Okay, well, let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 29. Genesis, Exodus, no, (laughs) it's it's way after that. It's uh, Romans, Acts Romans, so it's near Romans, if you can find Romans. Um, Not that you can't, I'm just saying, see if I can find it, Uh, Acts 2, I'm not better than you, I'm just like you, I'm just an ordinary fella, but Acts 2, verse 29, says this, dear brothers, think about this, you can't be sure, or you can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, well, Let's see what the reference is here. Um, Well, in verse 25, he says, King David said this about Jesus, I think is who he's referring to. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my life or soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. So then he says, and this is Paul, Uh, I mean, uh, Luke, dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David was not referring to himself. For he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of his uh, own descendants... David's own descendants, would sit on his throne. Now, this is referring to none other than Jesus Christ himself, for he will be king of kings and lord of lords. Verse 31, David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, 
Sit at the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies and make them a footstool under your feet. Unquote. Now that is quoted from Psalms 110, verse 1. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Now, actually, these were words written by Luke, but he's quoting the sermon given by Peter. In verse 37, Peter's words, he says, this is Luke saying this, Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him, And to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You see, the gospel does include that. It does include forgiveness of sins. That's the beginning, but it's not the end. It's not the end of salvation. It's the beginning of it. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and even to the Gentiles like me. I am more than likely a Gentile. All of those who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So God is coming back here to live, as these many scriptures have said. That's really the gospel. That's the good news that everybody should welcome. We need him here. We don't know how to live at peace and in harmony with God, with nature, with ourselves, without him. And we've been trying all this time, but it hasn't worked yet. No government on earth has worked for very long. A couple hundred years, the United States, you know, that's a kind of a world record. We're over that now. I mean, we're past the 200-year mark. But we are having our problems, that's for sure. And thank God we have a president in there who acknowledges God and who prays and who studies his word. Fantastic. It's about time we had someone like Donald Trump in there He's not perfect. He will make mistakes. I'll guarantee that. He's only human. And he's not Jesus Christ. But right now, he's the most powerful man in the world. And that's a good thing, because he honors God. And that's that's the way we all ought to be. That's what we all ought to be. Someone who honors our maker. He, after all, holds our lives in his hands. We are totally dependent on our Father. He is our blesser and our provider. He is coming back here 
to live. Now, where did Jesus himself prophesy such a thing? Let's check it out. He, after all, is the king of prophets. I'm going to start in Matthew 24 and verse 21. For there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. In fact, and I'm reading from the NLT, by the way, the New Living Translation, which is a real translation and not a paraphrase. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. Wow. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Unquote. Did you know that Jesus kind of uh, implied, or at least, that he doubted that when he returned, there would be faith he would find on the earth? No faith on the earth? Wow, that's, uh, that's pretty scary. But this calamity he's speaking of here will be so bad, so horrific, that everybody will lose faith, that they will at least be tested and I'm hoping, if I'm alive back uh, in those days, that I will stand firm. And I hope that you do, too. Verse 23. Then, if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So we need to be very careful about how we uh, believe in the rapture and getting out of here and all that kind of talk. doesn't say that. Verse 25 See, I've warned you about this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah is out in the desert, don't go, don't bother to go and look. Or, look, he's hiding here. Don't believe it. For as the lightning flashes in the east and shines to the west, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. You see, he is coming. Now, a lot of people think he's coming to siphon off all the Christians and take them to heaven while the rest of the world gets nuked. No. Verse 28, Just as the gathering of vultures shows that there is a a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate the end is near. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then at last, and see, this is after all of this trouble, the sun darkened, you know, and that's a worldwide deal. And the moon will give no light. Well, it can't reflect sunlight if sunlight isn't even visible. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. 
I dare you, and I've said this before, to ask your pastor what he thinks that means. Most of the ones I've spoken with about this say, I don't know. If they're honest, they don't know. And they will tell you that. But I'm going to explain that to you in just a second. And then at last, the sign of the Son of Man that he's coming will appear in the heavens. And there will be deep mourning among all the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. So the rapture or the gathering does not occur until after the sun and the moon will not give any light. It will be dark and the stars fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, let's just um, think about what this means. And you can research this by going to Isaiah 13.10 and 34.4, and also Joel 2.10, and many other scriptures I can give you. But I'm just going to give you my take on this. The um, anguish of those days is World War III, and it will be between the, um, the Arab countries who have invaded northern Europe, or all of Europe, actually, and taken it over, those will be Shiite, in my view. And then the southern tier, or the northern parts of Africa, including Morocco and Algeria, Libya, Tunisia, Egypt, um, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Yemen, Oman, uh, the United Arab Emirates, um, and Djibouti and all the other um, Muslim nations. That's where the war is going to be, in my view. And these, most of them are oil producers. Scary. Why? Well, You've got the northern tier of the states in Africa, and they are going to be more likely Sunni. And they hate the Shiites, and they're the ones on the other side of the pond, that is the Mediterranean. And so they're going to nuke it out, and some of the nuclear bombs will fall on Mecca and Medina and Riyadh and many of the other places where there are oil fields, especially in Iraq. Now, Iraq, what you need to know there is that Iraq is a valley. It's where the Tigris and the Euphrates River run to the Persian Gulf. And there are tons of oil fields there. Well, when they nuke it out, some of those oil fields will catch on fire and they will burn at a lot of heat, like millions of degrees. 
and the smoke will darken the sun, and the moon will not give its light because of the smoke. And as the earth turns, it gets worse and worse. So that's the calamity that he's referring to, in my opinion. What's this stars falling from the sky thing? Well, stars can't fall; they're suns, just like ours. However, there are satellites out there, some twenty-three thousand of them out there. It's a lot of space junk, if you ask me. And that's the stars. I mean, they look like stars. If you go out on a clear night, you can see them travel across the sky. They look just like stars, other than the fact that they're traveling. Those are going to fall from the sky because the、uh, retro rockets on board can't get the signals that people around the world and these、uh, radio towers. And I'm talking massive arrays of these gigantic dishes. They send signals up there to keep them alive and in the air. So, in the powers of the heavens, what's that? Well, it's the weather. Without weather, there's no crops and there's nothing for people to eat. That's why we have such severe mourning among the, all the peoples of the earth, as it says in verse thirty. But the good news is that after this trouble, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back to stay. He's not coming to just siphon off the Christians. He's coming as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He will take over every government on earth. Wow! And this is the last scripture. This is Daniel seven thirteen. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. Verse fourteen. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world, so that every people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal; it will never end, and his kingdom will never be destroyed. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. This is the best news we could ever have. God's coming here to live. I get excited about it. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and read more. It's all、uh, advertising free. You're welcome to go there, read my books, etc. But have a great day. Thanks for listening.